Hello and welcome. This is Gartcosh and Glenboig Parish Church's service for Sunday the 14th of June. I'm Dave Slater. I'm delighted we can join in worship together. You can download the order of service for the hymn words. Links should be in the descriptions on Facebook and on Podbean. If you're listening back on our telephone service, perhaps see if a neighbour or friend can get a copy of the order for you. Our notices will be on the end of that order of service and I will do the usual this week going live on Facebook this afternoon, Sunday afternoon at 4pm for Cuppa and Chat and Wednesday evening 7.30pm for our prayer service. The psalmist writes, I love the Lord for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. So, let us worship God with our first song, Freely, Freely, God Forgave My Sin. together in prayer let's pray dear lord you have indeed heard our voices you incline your ear to our cries for mercy we may be in the midst of financial challenges relationship difficulties job insecurity a fear for the future or simply a frustration with the present situation we may be struggling with our health acute or chronic physical or mental livable with or threatening to our lives Or we may feel that everything's going okay, we're coping with the situation, we're getting on with the jobs we can, perhaps even enjoying some aspects of the change of pace. Wherever we're at, help us to know and trust that you do listen, you are hearing, that you are a loving God to whom we can call out our whole lives long. When we struggle, or when we grow complacent, 
Send us back to basics. Remind us that you are a creative, creator God, that you made humanity to be in relationship with you. And despite our tendency to use our free will to turn away from you, to fall into sin, you sent Jesus to rescue us, to deal with the sin, the mistakes, the disobedience and selfishness, and bring us back to you. So we confess our faults and failures, our strivings that miss the mark, our opportunities that we fail to take, our hurts that we cause to others and to ourselves. We ask your forgiveness and hold on to the promise that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you taken our sins from us. And help us, even when we doubt that, to know that it's true, that there is no obstacle to us coming to you, being greeted as the wayward daughter or son. We're gathered virtually, but nowhere can we go to escape your love, so help us to know your presence with us as we worship your name and listen to your word. For we pray according to the pattern that Jesus taught his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. In news time today, I'm delighted to share some excellent news. Many of you will remember Colin Wood, who was placed with us for his discernment process looking at ministry. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be part of his local review, which I think was back in March, but he did successfully get through that, which is great, and we pray on for the later stages of his discernment. But probably even more important than his journey towards ministry, he has become a dad again, with baby Hattie joining big sister Florence. So congratulations to Kelly and Colin, and I gather everyone is doing well. In our ongoing collection for Coatbridge Food Bank, we've had a fantastic 17 bags of groceries this week. Remember, you can leave in bags at the gate of 102 Loch End Road in Gartkosh, or let us know and we can arrange pick-up. This is very much appreciated and sadly still much needed. The birthdays that I'm aware of, uh, Gordon Black and Alex Black, both been this week, I believe, and Tom Lever coming up, so uh, happy birthday to you. Please keep the family and friends of Mr James MacDonald in your thoughts and prayers and all of those who have lost loved ones and remembering people too who are ill and in hospital. Alec MacDonald is going to give our reading this morning from Matthew's Gospel beginning at chapter 9 verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. 
James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach the message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Thanks be to God for this his word. One of the wonderful things about this lockdown has been, I think, a shift or perhaps a return back to or strengthening a sense of community. Whether it's the ongoing quiet checking up on vulnerable neighbours by those who don't do it for the glory but just to make sure they're all right. Whether it's the offering for sale or often giving away free items that are no longer needed and helping the person giving as well as they clear out their houses. Whether it's the coming together of people to voluntarily do a bit more in the looking after of our local area. I know there have been examples of this even in our own villages and the surrounding areas. Folk cleaning up mess that's been left at the heather bell or cutting grass, tidying shrubberies that have been neglected. There's even been a group formed called Friends of Monklands Canal who have been litter picking the section of the canal that remains at the far side of Drumpelier Park and from all accounts is looking better than it has perhaps for many years. We could of course debate over whether people should have to do any of these roles and we recognise that many might have liked to join in and do it but due to reasons of shielding or ongoing health conditions simply cannot do so. Nonetheless, where at other times life has simply been too busy to do more than say I wish someone would do something about whatever, a combination of pretty decent weather recently on the whole and for some at least a bit more time on their hands coupled with the need perhaps to get out on a daily exercise and to improve the places that we see when we're exercising previously we might just have whizzed past means that folk have seized the opportunity and got out and done something. Like I say, I'm not suggesting that none of this ever happened before but it does feel like such activities seem to have been intensified. Perhaps it's also been a recognition that while many frontline workers have been doing their best for the nation's health and well-being and education, others have wanted to benefit the community too. Whatever the reason, and feel free to tell me that I'm wrong or that this has always happened, it's not new, it rings a bell with me in today's reading. Chapter divisions in the Bible are not always that helpful, and in this case I think there's a strong connection from the end of chapter 9 through into the beginning of chapter 10. We shouldn't separate them off uh, too much. Jesus, first of all, is tying in his words and actions. He's travelling and teaching and preaching, but also healing sickness and disease as practical signs of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven as Matthew often describes it, that he's actually preaching about. He looks at the crowds and sees them harassed and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd, no one looking out for their safety or taking care of them. Remember, of course, from elsewhere, the parable of the 99 and the 1. Where is the shepherd? Uh, where the shepherd goes after the one who is lost. And Jesus has compassion on them. But he realises that one person, even if it's the Christ, can only do so much. Or maybe it's that even though he could have done more had he taken up his divine nature and powers, he recognised the importance of sharing 
the work of the kingdom. And so he says to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's much to be done, many on whom to show compassion, but only a few that are doing it. Only a few that are bringing folk into the kingdom, or indeed removing the barriers to them entering. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Christians might often use this as a prayer for missions and missionaries, that more might come to do the work that needs done, whether that's medical mission, educational work, Bible translation, or indeed evangelistic work to grow the kingdom. And we might indeed at this point remember those who are on different kinds of mission or have been in the past, and we've heard from them in Gartkosh and Glen Boyg, the Gideons, and particularly the Lanarkshire branch, Lamboy working in Manipur, India, with uh, orphans and those who uh, need education and, and uh, employment. Joe Crotty, working with Missionary Aviation Fellowship in the Asia-Pacific region, supporting the education of the missionary kids that are out there. Alan McKinley and Adam Baker and others with a music gifting. Steve and Kutiska Davis, who served overseas and are currently in Campbelltown. The list goes on. But the passage doesn't end there. It's not just a, oh, there's such a great need. Let's pray to God about it that someone will go and do what needs to be done. Jesus then calls his disciples to him. Those who have been following and listening and asking questions and getting things wrong, but in some ways learning and training. And he gives them authority to drive out evil or unclean spirits to heal every disease and sickness. I wonder, was this something of what we would call ordination or at least commissioning? Certainly an empowering, a symbolic, here you go, you're ready to do this. And Matthew names each of the twelve. They're not just a random faceless group, but a set of individuals with their own backgrounds, characters, relationships and challenges. Some known for their relationships, so-and-so's brother, so-and-so's son. Some for their work history, some for their political views, and one, of course, for the event that made him notorious. Perhaps Matthew, as the Gospel writer, knew that his audience would know Judas best as the betrayer and highlighted his involvement in Jesus' ministry before that event. Matthew himself is listed as a tax collector, a profession he likely didn't return to, but a reminder there of the transformation Jesus had on lives. In the current climate, where figures from history are having their lives and records re-examined, it's perhaps surprising to see Jesus give the instructions, don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. It feels jarring, to me anyway, right now. However, if this is an example of ministry training, letting some disciples, some candidates for ministry loose, Perhaps it's a case of keeping things simple. Don't yet rush into another culture where you don't know how everything works. Start with the needs closest to home. In fact, perhaps there the need is greatest. He doesn't just say Israel, but the lost sheep of Israel, those without a shepherd, those who are desperately in need of the kingdom of heaven, of the good news. To them, they're to share the same message and work that Jesus has been doing. The kingdom of heaven being near, healing, purifying, even raising the dead. We don't, I think, hear about any instances of the disciples coming back having done that 
at this stage. But in any case, the emphasis is clear. Freely you've received, freely give. Be as generous to others as God has been to you. Let God's grace overflow from yourselves to those who are in need. This section of the Gospel, in fact, continues with an extended teaching section. But the thing that jumps out most to me is the connection between 9 verse 38 and 10 verse 5. Jesus doesn't just say, pray for God to send out workers. He prays, encourages others to pray, but then he commissions them to go and do the work that needs doing. As I often say in our own prayers, that we may be willing to be part of the answer to our prayers. Somebody should do something about that. Put your money where your mouth is. Not everyone can do everything, and I'm not asking those who do much to do even more. In fact, sometimes I would ask people to do less, to make sure they're looking after themselves as well as others. And at this time, There are many restrictions on us. If shielding or our health is compromised or we're working on the front lines all the hours that God sends, again, maybe the challenge to them is, are you doing too much? Are you looking after yourself? Remember, we're called to love others as we love ourselves. Are we loving ourselves? But Jesus' actions and words tied up. He encouraged prayer followed by action. He called fallible people from a mix of backgrounds to take authority and to both preach and heal. So what does Jesus call us to do? You. Me. Maybe we can't go out, but we have a phone. Maybe we're uncomfortable phoning people, but we can text. Maybe we don't want to intrude on others, but we can pray. Maybe there are skills we have, things we can do that we don't yet know what use God would have for our abilities. Yet if we're willing, I have no doubt God will use them. And maybe the issues that face us are most pressing on our own doorstep, in our own street, in our own locality. And so, will you pray with me a dangerous prayer? Here I am, Lord. Take what I have. Make me willing to use it. Enable me to step out in faith, whether physically or virtually, to be a worker in your harvest field, to serve you to preach the kingdom in actions and words to bring comfort and healing we pray in Jesus name Amen we continue in a spirit of prayer as Leslie leads us our prayers for others. Dear God and loving Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your love to us, your gifts for us and your presence around us. 
We give you thanks for what we have and what we are receiving. Even if we may be finding things different and difficult, help us to make ends meet and if we are able to think of supporting others. We give you thanks for the ways in which we can find friendship, community and fellowship in the slight easing of lockdown, despite having to maintain physical distance and to restrict how many and who can gather together on one day. We are thankful for all of those working in roles and professions who work to keep us and the vulnerable safe, especially remembering social workers, care providers from both public and private sectors, those whose roles require them to visit people's homes, all those who have kept on keeping on, sometimes with limited access to PPE. We pray on for the doctors, nurses, therapists and support staff in hospitals, those who have been providing support by phone and those who are working for the test and protect scheme. We remember the teachers and school staff trying to prepare for a return after summer and to make plans for blended learning and smaller classes and adjusting to changing requirements and guidelines as they do so. We pray for those working in the fields of law and justice where many cases have been paused and delayed and we pray that due process will still be observed and that no one, victim, accused or witness, will be disadvantaged at this time. We pray for our leaders of national, devolved and local administrations that wisdom and integrity would shine from them and that the best decisions for our societies will be taken. We remember those who grieve, including the family and friends of James MacDonald who passed unexpectedly. As they have known more than their share of trauma in recent years, may they know your presence and the comfort that only you can bring. We pray for those who have been in hospital or otherwise ill or suffering. We continue to pray for the recovery of Bill and for Jean and the family. And Lord God, knowing that you have a heart for the widows and orphans and for those who are pushed to the margins, mistreated or disadvantaged, we remember those who have been oppressed or persecuted due to their skin colour, their religious beliefs, including many Christians around the world, their sex, their gender or other things outside their control. Give us grace to support justice over injustice and where there are disagreements to discuss amicably without being disagreeable. We pray for the church, in some places drawing up plans for how things will look as they start to reopen on a limited basis. Help us to remember that the important thing is not where we worship, but that we worship in spirit and in truth. Give us boldness to share in the work of the harvest and a willingness to be a part of the answers to our own prayers. Lord, hear and answer all our prayers and concerns and give us your grace and your peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our next hymn will be Over a Thousand Tongues to Sing.
contributors this week, Alec, Tom and Leslie. Now, let us go. To ask God to provide workers for the harvest, to be willing to respond to his call, to be creative in how that looks in today's world, now more than ever. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, this day, this week and always. Amen. And we sing our new blessing that we learned last week. May the grace. Yeah.